Lift your hands and give him praise. Majesty. 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 Sing by just everyone say come on. Jesus, you are majesty. Father, we thank you tonight for yet another time to fellowship around one another. Thank you for the fragrance of revelation knowledge has overwhelmed our heart. Thank you for the influence of your spirit. We ask tonight that you again answer our questions, dissolve our doubts, clarify anything that looks like a mystery. In our hearts, we believe and receive there is no error, confusion, or distraction either here on our hearts or in the atmosphere. But together as a church, we behold Jesus Christ, your son, even as he sees us in him, in this teaching, in this service, is glorified as we're edified alongside the body of Christ and all that hear us. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Please yet again and for the honor and the body of Christ, for the privilege of the same access, the privilege of having the opportunity to speak to you this week. I want you to appreciate my friend, your pastor, the host. Gilbert, sorry, and his wife in the leadership of this church. You have your seat now, praise the Lord. Ephesians in chapter 1 and verse 16. You've been there, right? Learning something there? Oh, I didn't hear anyone. Come on. Learning something there? Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 16. It says, It says not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now look at 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Now, remember, okay, let's have the glory of the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now I'm just going to run quickly to the word inheritance, and I hope I'll tie it up tonight or tomorrow. 
Now, usually when we say inheritance, I've said it to you here, that the context of your words must be Bible words. Now, um, quick one, and I said this last year, that when Jesus was teaching, during the teaching ministry of Jesus, the four Gospels, there was no book of Romans, okay? There was no book of Acts. There was no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Neither was there Ephesians. All he had uh, was Genesis to Malachi. Luke 24 and verse 25 says, He said to them upon his resurrection, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses, verse 27, and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. In verse 44, he said to them, Luke 24, these are the words which I speak to you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me. Then he opened it, the understanding 45, that they might understand the scriptures. So when they say the scriptures, they are referring to the Old Testament. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 15, when Paul says, Timothy, the former child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith or faithfulness that is in Christ Jesus. Then 16 says, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, is positive for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Again, Paul's reference of scripture is or are the Old Testament. Nobody preached from the epistles. I'm saying that again. No one taught from the epistles. They taught from the scriptures of the prophets. Romans 16, 25, 26. Uh, 6, 26, sorry. Because the scriptures of the prophets. In Matthew 5, 17, Jesus said, think not I'm come to destroy the law, all right, but I'm come to fulfill it. Then he says, um, nothing written in the law and the prophets. Law and the prophets. So, while we use Old and New Testament now, Jesus' time, they used law and the prophets, or Moses and the prophets. That was, they didn't have their Bibles divided in the Old and New Testament as we have it today. So, what they had was called the scriptures or the law and the prophets. And that's the only place where you will not find anybody in the book of Acts refer to the book of Romans. You will not find anybody in the book of Romans or any, anything Paul would teach in Romans, for example, referred to something in Corinthians. Everyone referred to the Old Testament. Now, why did I say that? It's very important. That is your definitions of the... Now, let me put this like this. If I'm reading... Now, if you see an email... Or let me put it like this. Um, yeah, very well. If you got, if you got a, a letter, if you see a letter that uh, someone writes to... Uh, his friend. Um, I put some on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. And it's a letter, how you used to write, we used to write then, when you write love letters. Have you ever written love letters before? Lie, 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 lie. Lie. You know, love letters and uh, you write stuff like, uh, do you know the old kind of writing where you say, how are you and how are you doing? I believe you are doing fine. If so, doxology. Wasn't that before? <laughs> Doxology. <laughs> Many wouldn't ask what it meant. So you write lo good, good letters, and usually you go and you, you take it to the post office, right? Now imagine someone telling you, "I'm going to the post office." Now you start to laugh, right? One day I was talking to my children. I said that you know I used to play cassette player. My daughter said, "What was that?" I said, "Cassette player." 
then I said one day video recorder VCR she said video recorder on your phone I said, oh. <laughs> you didn't have to go to video club you didn't have to use um, spirits to clean the head of your video did you do that all right and you go, Shh. they're looking at me and say what nonsense is this guy saying you know <laughs> now in case you got a letter someone said his grandfather wrote his grandmother and then you see in the letter bring my iphone it's in 1946 it's not possible there was no iphone there was no apple chocolate of iphone i'm not even sure steve Jobs was born so it wasn't possible so it's not possible for jesus to have been quoting the book of romans because it wasn't in existence is that clear you cannot use a book that was not in existence as a context of a statement. It wasn't in existence. Jesus didn't teach from Ephesians. Even Paul didn't teach from Ephesians. Paul taught from the Old Testament. So when you see words of scripture in the New Testament or in the four Gospels, you must look for its meaning in the Old Testament. Are you here? Good. So when you have the word inheritance, okay? Inheritance, and you see that phrase inheritance is used a couple of times. Um, Ephesians 1 we just read that one now verse 18 you also find it Ephesians 1 15 the purchase of four, four, 14 I think it's 14 the earnest of the purchase of our inheritance let me just check it so I don't just mason this facts up this, mo- this evening okay 14 yeah the purchased possession earnest of our inheritance then you also find the word inheritance in Colossians 1 12 uh, who has made us partakers uh, to particulars of the inheritance of the saints in the light. You have Acts 24, 32. I commend you to God and the word of his grace is able to give you an inheritance. So usually, because of how we hear inheritance, if someone comes to you and says your inheritance, you assume the inheritance uh, his money or physical stuff. And that's not bad. Now, if you go to the Old Testament, of course, the word inheritance has two, two words. Actually. There's a word kleronomos. Kleronomos and kleronomia. Those words. Klero is spelled K-L-E-R-O-N-O-M-O-S. Then kleronomia. K-L-E-R-O-N-O-M-I-A. Kleronomia. Now, it's taken from just a word. It means to give you your part. To give you or you a portion. Now, portion is usually in the Old Testament referring to land. Portion is land. Portion is land. I'm going to say it again and clearly. Portion is land in the Old Testament. Portion. God called Abraham to inherit a land. Is that clear? He showed him the land. And the inheritance stems from that calling. Genesis 12 verse 1 and 2. He called him to show him a land. So, I'm repeating myself that land and inheritance are synonymous words. Land. Now, let's back up a little bit to see. I'm not going to, I'll do my best. Go to Genesis 12 and see it. And the Lord had said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, unto thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land. 
that I will what? Now pause. Pause. Pause so that you get it. How many of you will follow a property developer or an agent to go to a land that he will now show you? That when we get there, I will show you the land. Why do you have to show me? Let's get to the land. So for God to say, I will show you, which means he will see that land by revelation. I will show you a land. You know, if possible, if it wasn't revelation, it would just say, when you get to this place, turn to the right, turn to the left, you will get there. He said, I will show you. And consistently in Genesis, that land always appeared to Abraham in a vision. Are you here? Consistently, that land always appeared to Abraham in a vision. Are you here? Good. Now, in just the next chapter, in Numbers 13, where, I'm sorry, <laughs> Genesis 13, when he had this uh, nephew, uh, Lot, who um, decided to go to Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom precisely. And what did the Lord do? In verse 14, the Lord said to Abraham, he said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, eastward, southward, westward. For all the land that you see, to thee will I give to you and your seed. And I'll make your seed, verse 16, as the dust of the earth. Then it says in 17, Arise, walk through the land, and the length of it, and the breadth of it, I'll give it to you. Now, hello, guys. Is it possible for him to have walked the length, length of the land? So the land was consistently in a revelation. Are you here? Good. In chapter 15, now notice that there are two things that God interchangeably uses when he talks to Abraham about the land. He talks about a place and a people. A place and a people. So Abraham's inheritance was never property. Never. It was never property. He, he already had property. He moved from his father's house with property. In case you didn't know, Abraham didn't just say, just woke up and say, Sarah, honey, we're going. He says, Go with nothing because God is calling us to go. No, 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 no. You go to Genesis 14, 12, sorry. Abraham leaves with, it took Sarah so that you know that what he was called to wasn't material prosperity. Matthew, uh, Genesis 12. Let's take five together. Let's go. Abraham took Sarah, his wife, Lot, his brother's wife, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls. He went with property. He went with people. So Abraham was called from wealth. He wasn't called to be wealthy. Are you here? So God gave Abraham 
And so inheritance means something to be a part of. You are going to be part of something. Pay attention now. Let me go over it again. If I, if, okay, let, how many of you have inherited something before? Don't lie. I have. You know, I also got my dad's debts. So it's part of inheritance, right? <laughs> the thing about my father's death was that we bear the same name. <laughs> I was next of kin. So I go, I go, I go into his safe. They said he has something in the bank. Okay, I said, fine. So I got to the bank and they brought out his certificates. <laughs> Precious things he wrote. Not a single dime. <laughs> that he had. <laughs> so I had to hear, oh, someone said he, someone should pay this to some of his customers. And, he, and I, that's okay, I paid him. So that was what I inherited. Good. <laughs> so now, when you inherit, it means that someone, now, if you miss this one, I'll be crying. If someone gives you an inheritance, it belongs to him. So he says, come and be a part of it, right? Huh? Come and be what? A part of it. So what belongs to someone, he gives you to be part. I told you inheritance means be a part of it. Or take a part of it. So, in the morning, and I hope you won't forget, what is God's own in the earth? Huh? What belongs to God? Your earth. What does he intend the earth to be? His house. So, if that, so it belongs to him. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. So God calls Abraham. Now, we said in the morning, 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 early in the morning, in the morning, I will rise and praise the Lord. It's a good morning, Jesus, good morning. You know the song? I know you come from heaven above, the Holy Spirit. You got that? Good morning, Jesus, good morning, Lord. Very well. So in the morning, we said... Genesis is what? Foundation of the building. So God has a building. That's the plan. God has a building. And what is he building? The how is his house, but it's not yet his. How many Chelsea fans do you have here? <laughs> or man, you fans, so I start casting out devils quickly. He has made the hard earth his house, but it's not yet his home. So, if he wants to give you a part, what will he give you a part of? To be a part of his home. And is his home things or people? Come on now. Both ways. People in the a place. So, he calls Abraham to inherit what he has. What does he have? Come on, talk to me. The earth as his dwelling place. That is why you'll find interchangeably 
He will see Abraham. He talks to Abraham about the land and seed. Land and people. Land and people. Land and people. So inheritance is to be a part of what God is doing with the earth. Is that clear? Is to be a part of what God is doing. Don't think inheritance as something you get from somebody when he's dead. No. It means to be a partaker of something. To be part of something. Or to be given a part of something. So Romans chapter 4. Did you learn something from that? Romans chapter 4. So Abraham had wealth. Right? Come on. Romans chapter 4. Paul gets us into that. I'm, t- I'm going to take it from verse 12. And the father circumcision to them who are not of, the, of, of, circ- of circumcision, sorry, only, but also walk in the steps of the faith of, Ab- of our father Abraham, which had been yet circumcised. Now look at 13. Let's take 13 slowly together. For the promise that it should be Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, hold on. So he's called to be heir of what? The world. Remember in the morning we looked at foundation and end? Remember that? Good. So his heir is a part of the world. Which world now? Is it the world or is it referring to uh, the physical world alone or the temple of God? We saw that in the morning, right? Come on. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and them that dwell in it. Now, that, look at that Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and them that dwell in it. Has that happened? Has that happened? Is everyone in the earth now belonging to the Lord? That is the eventual plan. That is what we call the end of the... Uh-uh. We're here in the morning now. Is that the end of the world? So, if Abraham is called to be an heir of the world, is it uh, of a particular nation or when the world is filled with his glory? You got that? So, he's an heir. So, every time God is showing him that land, he shows him the end. The end of the world. Remember that? He kept showing him the end of the world. He said, no one shall not be able to number it. It shall be as the sand of the sea. It shall, that is the end. Come on. Okay, wait, let's take it again. The land he kept showing Abraham, is that the end? Huh? Did he show Abraham the beginning or the end? The end. So Abraham kept seeing the end. The end is that no one will be able to number them. That is the end. Right? So he showed him there. So Abraham is called to be part of what? Thank you. The end of the world. What is the end of the world? When the whole earth is filled. Now, what was the beginning? Replenish, multiply, fill it up. By Genesis 1:28, it was not yet filled. That was the plan. But God kept showing Abraham the end. Are you here? Are you following? That's the end. So, the inheritance of Abraham is to have a part in the end of the world. What's the end of the world again? The, he has finished his home. Is he making sense? 
good. So inheritance is the land Abraham was called unto. Be part of what God is doing. That's why Paul says, inheritance amongst them that are what? Sanctified. In Acts 2, 16, 18, amongst them that are sanctified by faith which is in me. Colossians 1, 12. Inheritance of the, of the saints in the light. The inheritance is specific. It refers to believers. So when you are called, called to be to inherit, you are now a part of the saints. That is the inheritance. You are part of God's world, right? Part of his household. That is the inheritance. Is it making sense? So it, it, the inheritance is not physical acquisition because Abraham already had that. Are you following this? Good. So I, I left, I'm going to leave it open a little bit. Um, that inheritance refers to God's ultimate plan for the earth. Now let's see one more. Let me see something. Look at Acts of the, sorry, Psalm 2. So anybody who says, receive your inheritance, and you stretch your hands, you are deceiving yourself. Acts 2, verse 7. I declare the decree. Let's take it together. Let's go. I'll wait for you. Psalm 2. This is about Jesus eventually. Let's go. I'll declare the decree. Huh? The Lord has said to me, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Now, you know, the New Testament writer traced this to Jesus, right? So let's say verse 8 together. Ask of me what the nations for your what? Then let's go. What is the most part of the earth? End of the earth. For your possession. So which means the inheritance is one you belong to at salvation. Watch what I'm about to say because I'm going to talk about it tomorrow it now also becomes a responsibility. The uttermost parts of the earth. So when Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is given me, is that inheritance? Is that inheritance? Go ye therefore and make disciples of what? Is that inheritance? Is that inheritance? Teen them to observe all things that I have commanded, lo, I'm with you till thee. Is that inheritance? Acts 1 8, you shall receive power. After with the Holy Ghost come upon you, you shall be with us of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And unto what? My in? No, your house. You shall be witness unto me in Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And unto my. I thought you got that. Unto my. What is inheritance? Which is the uttermost part. Simple. So when we go to preach the gospel, we are walking in his inheritance. That is why the Old Testament kept using inheritance as land. Land. Land is where people are. No one was ever given the desert. Desert is the exact opposite of inheritance. 
the desert. Where people are is inheritance. So when he says, the riches of his glory, of his inheritance, amongst the saints. So every time, for example, Yakal House tonight and all the churches who are here, this is his inheritance. That's what it is. Amen. Do you get it? So for him to say, to show him the land, it required, that's why Abraham had to keep receiving the revelation of that inheritance. Because God showed him the end of the world. It's an inheritance that had to be seen by revelation. I told you yesterday, the Christian walk is a supernatural one. You have to see it by revelation. He saw it. You know, it got to a point, he, he got in the flesh like some of us would do. And he said, he said God, Genesis 15. Um, he said, you know, I think Eliezer can do this job. Elias and my, 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 my great boy, he can do the job. And God said, no, it's going to come out of your barrels. He said, Abraham, look at the stars. Can you count them? So shall your seed be. In Genesis 17, he reminded him again. Every time he's talking about that inheritance, God talks about land and people, land and people. His grandson, Jacob, is running from his brother Esau. He got to a place and decided to sleep. Sometimes it's good to sleep. And he goes to sleep and particularly using a stone. Stones will give you a vision. Try it tonight. So he put a stone and he sleeps. And as he's trying to sleep, he, he sees a ladder coming from heaven down. He sees the angels of God on it. And he sees the Lord on top of that, around it, sorry, going up and down. And he sees the Lord. And he sees the land you you are stepping on. That is the land. And God says to the east to the west, your seed shall spread abroad from the... Now, which means that there is no piece of property you can be on and everyone will be there. The only piece of property that has everyone is the earth. So, when Jacob got of that vision, he said, wow, this must be the house of God. Call it the household of God. That's what Jacob saw. So, the, prop, the inheritance was never material things. Is that very clear? It was never material things. It was never material things. Let me add this. The first time, it's going to part my teaching tonight. I started teaching already, right? Was I teaching? I didn't know. But, but the first time God will bless man, did you notice the first blessing of man was the Great Commission? He blessed man and said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish. That has nothing to do with procreation. At all. It's not procreation. Because if it's procreation and you think it's talking about husband and wife, if it's husband and wife and they cannot pro, which husband and wife can their children replenish the earth? Even if you have children per second, you can't feel the earth. 
How will you do it? She gets pregnant and she has a child within 13 seconds. You still can't feel the earth. It's not possible. That's not what he's talking about. So the, the foundation of the end of the world is what you are reading. The eventuality of what he said to Adam, Adam is not Adam and Eve. Remember we said that? Ah, Mm-mm. Adam and Eve is chapter 2. Adam, humankind, is chapter 1. There is no specific person in chapter 1. It's humankind. Chapter 2, we now have specific individuals. Are you following what I'm saying? Good. So, to humankind, we are called in his likeness and image, and the job is to fill the earth. That end of the world is why Jesus came. That end of the world is what Abraham saw. Are you here? Good. So the inheritance is not a land. But it has land because people live where? In the earth. So the writer of Hebrews said God called him to inherit something. In, to inherit a promise. Himself, Isaac and Jacob. And he, he showed them a city whose foundations are from God. And he says God is the builder and maker of that city. And what was Abraham seeing? He was seeing people. So what God showed Abraham was the end. That is why he called himself a stranger and a pilgrim in that present world. That this is not the end. I'm coming to a, a pilgrim is somebody who is on a journey. Abraham is on a journey. He's still on that journey. All the saints are on that journey. All the things have gone. They're on that journey till we get to where? When is the end? When the whole earth is filled. Are you clear now? So all of us are never going to rest. That's why we're pilgrims. Till the job is done. And all the saints of God who has gone gone to glory, they've not rested yet. They're cheering us on, praise God. They're saying the job is still far. The end of the world is the heart of the Father. Praise God. You hear? See what I spent on inheritance now, taking time on inheritance. And time. Amen. Praise the Lord. The glory of the riches of his inheritance amongst the saints. So inheritance, take your inheritance this week as you go. The car is yours. Someone told me, he said, someone told me in the meeting, sorry, he didn't tell me directly. Thank you, Jesus. He said, when you see an unbeliever with a Rolls Royce, it's your inheritance. In my language, you say, holy. Thief. See, those things are yours. It's, that gospel is very ridiculous. That gospel is why Christians think the president must be a Christian. Is that gospel an entitlement spirit that thinks a Christian must be the best in the class? Why? Did you study? <laughs> is that gospel that thinks it is an entitlement spirit? Is that gospel that thinks a Christian must be the richest man in the world? Why? What did you do to be the richest man in the world? Prayer. 
Someone was saying one day, say, Hallelujah. He said, God is the one who blesses the unbeliever. When you see the unbeliever, God's the one that causes them to prosper. I have no problem even saying that one. I'm not, I can't tell God who not to bless. There's a go. You can't do that. You don't try that. That's not part of my gospel. So anyone can figure that out. The man said, you know, he said, God, he blesses everybody. And he, said, he says, Jesus said that he causes the sun to shine on the good and the bad. And his rain to fall on the just and the unjust. You know, it's only in the Pentecostal realm that that becomes money. Okay, stay outside in the sun. <laughs> Let's see whether you stay in the sun and say, and you get, and check your account balance when, when you are done in the sun or when you get some rain on your body, go check your account number. How is that money? How? Is rain and sun money? It's not. That's not what he's talking about. Amen. Praise the Lord. So inheritance is not this week I have someone's car. That's not yours. Doesn't belong to you. Jesus didn't take anybody's property. He says, give it to me. My father owns the world. You do that kind of nonsense. So, inheritance means you are part of what God is doing, right? Is it simple? You are a part or you've been given a part of what God is doing. That is inheritance. Aren't you glad about that? Is someone excited? Is that a confession of faith? Are you sure you're happy about that? Genuinely? Is Is that all? Someone told me, is that all? said, nothing else? I said, no. Is it not a big deal? He said, it's a big deal, but ah, that's somehow that's all. <laughs> John said, of his own fullness have we all received. And John wasn't talking about money. Glory to God. I'm an heir of God. A joint heir with Christ. That's why <laughs> Paul says you're joint heir together with Jesus. He said you will now be a partaker of his suffering. I know when I said you were laughing <laughs> that I got my father's debts. You're also going to be a partaker of his suffering. Because the, to, for Jesus to take his possession in the earth, he had to what? Huh? Suffer. Very well. So the sufferings of Christ are part of your inheritance. You don't like that part? Oh, let's see. Philippians 1. By the way, suffering is not sickness and disease, it's not poverty. Amen. You know, we don't like suffering anymore. Now, when we hear a church has been closed down by the government, we write petition. You go to court. It's our rights. You say, no, no, I know somebody who is the governor. I know the next person is the president. They can help us get that land back. So we, we don't like the suffering. We don't want to pray. 
when they called the apostles and they sold them, they threatened them not to pray or to preach the name of Jesus in Acts 4, they didn't say, hello, brethren, they told us not to go on television. No. Is there anybody that knows the minister in charge of um, communication here? Brethren, this, this cannot happen. They can't do this to the body of Christ. No, they can't. Uh, but you told me that your uncle is close to the president. Yes. Ah, do you have his number? Let's go and see him tomorrow. Maybe God will give us favor in his sight. And he said, but I, I know somebody who is in charge of the military. The man said that he can talk to that man for us. And Jesus is looking at us and saying, what is going on here? They lifted up their voice in one accord and prayed. That's what they did. Amen. That's tough, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> Philippians 1. Twenty-nine. I'll start from twenty-seven. Let's go. Let's take it together. Only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast where, with one mind striving together. What? Now look at twenty-eight. Let's go. In nothing terrified by your adversaries which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and doubt of God. 29, let's see, come on. For unto you it is given in behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him. So suffering is a gift. It's given to you. To be opposed. To be mocked. Is that your inheritance? I know you didn't write that down in your notes. Kind of felt... I cannot agree with a preacher all the time. <laughs> I cannot agree. <laughs> we, we, we cannot agree 100%. There should be no preacher you agree with 100%. <laughs> Third Corinthians 5.5. 5. <laughs> There's nothing like that in the Bible. The pastor cannot be right all the time. <laughs> Book of Revolution, chapter 40, verse 40. It's not in the Bible. I don't like this part of someone told me said, I like your teaching. But the part I don't like is the tight. I said, Why? He said, You preach against tight. I said, I've never preached against tights before. I've only explained it. Is that what you're afraid of? I've explained it. Eh, are you now saying I didn't say anything? Go and listen to what I explained. Are you no no? no I just someone said, give me a straightforward answer. I said, I don't, I, me say I'm not straightforward. Look at me very well. <laughs> How would I give me a straightforward? I said, well, I'm not straightforward myself. I mean, anybody who walks straight is, has a problem. At least your, your legs should go, I can't be walking like this. That's too bad. So go and listen to the teaching, you get the straightforward answer. You got the inheritance part? All right, let's keep saying it. So, Ephesians 1 again. <laughs> The hope of his calling. The word clasis, kaleo, two words I mentioned earlier in the morning. The hope of his calling. What is my calling? I'm called to be a doctor. <laughs> What's my calling? I'm called to be a lawyer. What is my calling? My own calling is to be a comedian. That is my calling. Right, see, 
Genesis 1. Let's lay some foundation. Now, it's clear that Jesus and the apostles, Jesus precisely, had a systematic way of teaching. He began from Genesis. Let's go back to Matthew 19. I think I should just take it from there first. Matthew 19. Are you in church? So, we can know. Now, where are where? Where are we now? We're at the end? Ah. Uh, are we at the end of the world? It began when? Huh? Just say it. We say two thousand years ago. Say it like a Pentecostal. What is it? <laughs> it was a resurrection. Talk like a Pentecostal. Two thousand years ago. That one is clear, right? So, end of the world began when? When Jesus began to finish what was started. So, how would we know the end? has been fulfilled. We look at the foundation. So the foundation shows us the plan and the project, right? Same way when someone draws a building and he says, this is where we're going. I'm sure there's an architectural drawing for this place. I, I'm not, I don't think pastor just got up and said, eh, let's do it. We'll draw it, right? We have a drawing. We'll follow it. Um, and then we lay the foundation. The foundation usually will have a picture of the drawing. This is where we are going. So Genesis, we've seen in the morning, is the foundation. You can see where we are going from the beginning. Is that very clear? We know we have gotten to the end when what we started to do in Genesis has now been fulfilled. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? So now how do we know if things go bad, how do we know it's gone bad? Now if you... If you call, if you have a building, like I said, read Genesis like a house home project, right? So read the Bible also as God's building project. So um, if people are not clear about what you're building, you say, okay, guys, come. Let me show you a picture of what I am saying, Okay. Since God is spirit, he communicates his vision in visions. Okay, let me show you a picture. Someone say, hey, I don't get it. Uh, what are we supposed to do? Who are we supposed to do? What is okay, hold on. Let me give you a picture. So you get, bring them to a class. Now, what you are talking about is supernatural, but you need to bring them to a class where you reduce it into physical details. So you'll be like most. Say, okay, guy, come. Let me show you what God wants to do in the earth. All right. Get me some artisans. Get me some builders. We know God is the builder, but let me get you some folks. Okay, okay, okay. You will fit this. You will do this. So he now built a physical tabernacle, which is not the home. It's merely a parable, an illustration of God's plan for where? The old. Do you get it now? So, which means that all through the temples were a picture of the reality, not the reality. Are you in church? Good. So along the line, okay, pay attention to this. We will keep needing the foundation to make correction. Huh? So if things go bad, because as human beings, sometimes we, things go bad. Things will change along the line. Uh, the, and what, what changed along the line? Things have changed from Genesis 1, 26 to 28. We had just one humanity, right? Adam, 
Don't say evil. Male and female in Adam. Adam is used in two ways in, the, in, in Genesis. It's used for mankind and a physical person called Adam. So always know the distinction. So you have Adam the man that has male and female. So which means in the beginning, there was just one tribe. One culture. Now don't forget the beginning is the plan. Right? One tribe, one culture, one people, one nation. Just one. Now Genesis 11 scattered that everyone scattered in the earth and God now called Abraham to restart the Genesis project. So we keep going back to the beginning which means the plan, the foundation of the world to know where things have gone bad. So when they came to Jesus and brought culture, something Moses permitted, and said, you know, can a man put away his wife? A man, his wife. Now, the man defined the woman by being a wife and said, put away like the male was superior. Jesus said, okay, hold on. Did you not read the plan? What God is building in the earth supersedes marital relations. Are you here? It supersedes culture and tribe, religion and race. What is building, male and female are the same. If I had the time, I'll have showed you, great and small are the same. Slave, rich, poor are the same in that project. So he takes him to the beginning. And so when you saw him in his resurrection, also began from where? Genesis. Why does he systematically always begin from Genesis? Because that is where the plan is. So Matthew also writes the book of Matthew, Matthew 1.1, 1, 1, the very opening statement of Matthew says, the book of the Genesis of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. That word genealogy there is Genesis actually. In Mark 1.1, 1, 1, again, it says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus. The two of them use the word beginning. Now Luke may not have started with that word, but by the time you got to the end of Luke, you saw it's the same thing beginning that Moses. John was very clear. In the beginning was the word. So everyone goes to the beginning to know what the plan was. Let me see your hand tonight if you see this. So that's the plan. So where human desires, human creation has changed our focus, we go back, allow me to use this very quickly, to the hope of his calling. I told you yesterday or the day before that the word hope is the course to follow. The path we follow. Move quickly. So Genesis is where we know what is the plan. What is the plan? So it becomes really terrible that we have all the years, not, I'm not saying for the body of Christ, everybody, because I, the few I know, we've all the years used Genesis for material world creation. It has robbed us of the plan. I remember years ago, uh, just a few years ago, 28 years ago actually, that I was explaining Genesis chapter 2. And someone literally walked out. And I said, the, the snake couldn't be literal. And I said, the tree couldn't be literal. And someone just walked out. He walked out. Now, a fellow who was there, uh, during the lockdown, I met him. Uh, you know, we had to all, everybody used to jog naturally during the lockdown because you had to just find a way to jog. Because that's the only activity they are permitted in Lagos then. 
So he's walking in. He reminds me, he said, years ago, when you stood up and told us that this isn't literal, that Genesis 1 and 2 is about relationship, that it's God's relationship with man. He said, I looked at you and I felt you were crazy. He told me, he said, but over the years, he said, what amazed him the most, I think this is how he put it, he said, his son now asked him, Daddy, you mean that God, right, allowed a snake to talk to man and he messed all that up and now he has stopped snakes from talking. <laughs> he said for the first time, he remembered this. This is, a, he told me this about 15, 20 years after I taught them. He said, he said, no, son, the snake is not literal. So he started cracking his head. What he brought, no, say again. It's a figure of speech. You see, um, 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 it's a figure of speech of describing spiritual things. The son said, okay, daddy, that makes sense. He said, he didn't have the explanation. He just remembered the words. Figure of speech is not literal. Figure of speech. Supernatural. Because <laughs> I think I taught him 1994. 1994. So he said, it's not literal. Figure of speech. <laughs> I was just laughing when he was telling me. <laughs> you know. So, we've been robbed. I often say that when a scripture is misinterpreted, oftentimes the major truth is lost. So, that is something? All right, you're good. So, when, when you don't know what function of the world is, you know, you know what the end is. End of the world. The world is coming to an end. One guy told me, he said, ah, Mm-hmm. I, that's how in the place. Oh, I saw people, the homosexuals, oh, they came to church, oh, and those guys, they heard the two boys that were homosexual. They entered the church, they said, Brother, you know, said, Man of God, the world is coming to an end. I said, Why? I said, Ah, ah, what are you saying? Is the world not coming to an end? Things are getting worse and bad. <laughs> I said, I said, are you aware that there was a city, cities in the Bible that were full of homosexuals? And the world hasn't come to an end. And then they were so stupid that they wanted to rape angels. And the world didn't come to an end. What do you think God hasn't seen? You think there's something God has never seen? Yeah, he says, ah, I've never seen this before. Wonder, 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 wonder. <laughs> Nothing he hasn't seen. What is yet to see is the earth filled with his glory. That's the end. Hallelujah. <laughs> Learning something here. If you didn't come in the morning, you're wondering what we're talking about. Amen. You see. What is he saying? Yes, the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Don't be late to church. Amen. <laughs> Are you learning something here? Very well. So, Genesis lets us know where we've missed it. Who are we? Who am I? Amen. So, when Jesus said, Whatever God has joined together, remember that? 
let no man put us on. They got upset. They said, but why then did Moses give a bill of divorcement that he could put her away? And Jesus knew that they were mysterious. You went to the fifth book, the fifth part of the book. You left the first part. Hmm? And you know, there are many Christians that read the Bible like that. It's from the middle. And those of us who had emergency study for exams, you would never start from the beginning. You just say, hey! <laughs> you either begin, you rush it, pam, 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 then the middle, pam, to the end. So you have small, small idea of each chapter. <laughs> All you are looking for is 40. <laughs> you cannot aim for 70 reading that way. <laughs> How? <laughs> the night before, you just took the book and said, Hey, oh God. <laughs> oh God. Someone <laughs> say, Earlier in chapter 2, <sighs> where is that one? <laughs> then you get to chapter 8. <laughs> um, as we're discussing. The concept of an atom, atom, <laughs> atom or tom, atom. <laughs> so, <where's that? laughs> so you be cramming small, 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 small. So the exam day, you'll be shaking. Then that's when you just be quiet before the. So say, Good morning. You don't want to that because you've cramped something. <laughs> Say, did you read? <laughs> so you now walk past some other mates who are saying, um, you know, this perpendicular something, say, perpendicular. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you hear perpendicular, you say, hey. But, but, but when you are in church and you hear perpendicular, you say, glory. What? <laughs> Chook me one. It's because you didn't know it, though. So, <laughs> Took me one. <laughs> Guy said, hmm. "Say, did you solve? Did you solve that ratio?" Say, he said, "Yes, hey. <laughs> ratio." Hey, hey! He said, "God of Abraham, I see God." So as you sit down, I'm bringing the, uh, uh, the uh, exam question. <laughs> As a question just come, you just can't through. And the one you put inside is not there. <laughs> Will you be ready when the Lord comes? <laughs> now, put that into your spiritual life. No deliberate intention to study scripture is when there's problem. Where is that verse again? Yeah. That verse about about that, that, that verse about when they are looking for husband. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, say, no, it's when a man finds a wife, eh, they will find me. And when you do that, you are a prey to false teachers. 
You are. Because <laughs> you are not prepared for the examination. Amen. But those folks who always read. I asked my father a question. My father made a first class. And I think he had a B just one or so. He had a first class in school. So I was, I, I asked him just a typical question. I said, because I, I knew him. My dad, my dad doesn't read long, for long. No, he won't. He doesn't read at night. He doesn't read long. The exact opposite of many of us. He doesn't read at night. He doesn't read long. If he hits 15 minutes, 55 minutes, he has stopped reading. So I said, how did you make a first class? He said, number one, I never miss classes. He said, number two, I will always read the notes after the class. He said, number three, I knew I couldn't go beyond an hour, but I read an hour at least two times every day. He said, usually before the examination, I attend tutorials, I'm never caught in a surprise. Now, that's natural, but it's also useful. For Christians, Are you, did you know, do you know that if you start to study what you learned just immediately after it becomes clearer? It's just natural. So many of us would, would all, just, would just, all we do is say, oh! Ah! Wow! Wow! Woo! See my That's all. That's all. There's a guy like that, Brother Philip. 998, about, about this time, I'm teaching on the revelation of the Christian. House of Living Stones, Lagos. So I thought, and he said, tell them! Yeah! Yeah! Ooh! Normally I tell people to shut up, but I didn't tell him. Because I, I, I got an illustration already. So I timed it. It was 15 minutes. So I said, Brother Philip, 15 minutes ago you said, Holy, Hallelujah. What exactly did I say? <laughs> you look at him. And the car, the new gate. I said, You are the example of a kind of Christian. You don't listen with your mouth, it's your mind and your ears. Are you there? How do you get to all of this? Uh, <laughs> so we said Jesus resolved it. So those guys said, uh, but Moses permitted that she should put the wife away. Matthew nineteen seven. Moses gave a bill of divorcement. Sorry, wrote, instructed, commanded. Sorry. They went to this Romans twenty four verse one. Jesus went to Genesis one and two. Because if you start from Deuteronomy, you will not know what went wrong. Something went wrong. Jesus now said, Moses, verse 8, because of the hardness of your heart. The word in the Greek there is Moses, slow, uh, pros, sclero, cardian. Moses, because. Moses, looking at the hardness of your heart, in view of the hardness of your heart, then it says, pro-sclerocardian entrepsen. I'm on. Suffered you 
to put away your wife. That is, Moses only allowed you. That is, we're going to find things in scriptures that God never started. He only accommodated. And one of the things he accommodated was the physical temple. Moses, because of the, you know, you know, the temple was never the original intention. He said, I will be with you. I will be in you. Now, when those guys went as stiff-necked as possible, he said, build it for them so they will understand what I'm saying. The, the earliest of all place was not in the original plan, and we saw it wasn't. The original plan was the Garden of Eden, which has no fences. It has no barrier. But when it got to the point of hardness of heart, he said, give them a building so they can see what you are saying. But at the beginning, it wasn't so. So Jesus, now what's the beginning again? What else? The plan. So every time we'll keep going back to the plan to check whether we are building according to pattern. This is the plan. Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But at the beginning, it was not so. You in church? So when Paul says the hope of his calling, the hope of his calling, that still remains our focus. And I think I'll get to it tomorrow morning by the grace of Almighty Allah. Sorry, Almighty God. <laughs> One guy held me. He said, I don't understand you. Why would you say Allah Akbar? So what's Allah Akbar? See, that's the language of the Muslims. I said, okay. What is Almighty God? He said, the language of the Christians. I said, no, English language. He said, well, I have a Nobody out of me. Amen. He said, hey, but, I said, in your native language, what do you call God? He said, Olornu. Fine. What do the Arabs call God? Allah. Say, so what do English call God? God. What does God call God? <laughs> That's how somebody said, he, he's in the throne room of the devil. And when they said Jesus, Satan fell down. <laughs> he didn't know that Jesus means Joshua. How many times have you slapped a Joshua before? Joshua, there's even Anthony Joshua. Was he not beating? They beat Jesus. That's Jesus now. Joshua. Anthony Joshua. He was just doing like this. Joshua, get up. So when you say Jesus, it's Joshua. It's because you are you speak English. That's why you don't know that it's, it's Hebrew. Joshua. Joshua. Amen? 
Help of Jesus. Are you okay? Are you sure? At the beginning, it wasn't so. So what is at the beginning? Lord help us. Amen. Oh, let's see tidy some things up. Genesis 1 1. The hope of his calling. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now pay attention here. I like to say this quickly. So God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So light came out of where? Huh? What was existing? Darkness. Okay? Then light came out of darkness. Come on. <laughs> Verse 4. And God saw the light, and the light was what? Good. The word there is tohub. I think I mentioned it. T-O-W-B. It means proper, right? Fitting. Go on. And God divided what? Verse 5. And God... Hold on. He what? Called. We're talking about the hope of his calling. He called the light. Now, can you change it to mean he named the light? Huh? Or he gave it a purpose. So, the first thing he does is he calls light out of darkness. I told you the three ways to use the word call. I hope you have not forgotten. So, he called you out of darkness. Then he separated you from the world. Then he gave you a purpose to live. He called the light day. The word called there is quara in the Hebrew. Let me start moving. I'm closing now. Quara, Q-A-R-A. Quara means to name. Now the ancient Israelites will name according to purpose. Naming is purpose. A naming of anything is to give it a purpose. When you name, you give purpose. So God begins to name. Now what is he doing? Don't forget, we said it's a home project. So he's giving everything what? Come on, a purpose. For you have created all things and for your pleasure. They are and were created. So he's giving everything a purpose. Light, you are day. Darkness, you are night. He's giving everything a purpose. He's giving it a purpose. So, God's calling is one, salvation, separation, and a purpose. So, when God calls something, it's to give purpose. So, listen carefully. You see that in the garden, whatever Adam called the animal, so it was. Which means, he was to call out their purpose. Pay attention here. So, in Genesis 1, because of our time, we go to 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So watch this. Mankind, the object. Purpose. What's purpose there? What's purpose? Come on now. What's purpose? 
Huh? Image and likeness. So, God calls man into his image and after his likeness. You will function in my image and after my likeness. So, what exactly is this? What is his image and after his likeness? Yesterday night this morning, I did say that it's used in the temple where you have an object that represents the unseen God. So, which means, primarily, my fundamental purpose, I'm closing here, on earth is to be a representative in the natural of the supernatural world. The image is the bridge between the natural and the supernatural. The image is a bridge between the natural and the supernatural. Which means, I am called to function in two worlds. In the supernatural and in the natural. Our calling is to be in his image and after I like this. You know, when we start talking about things like apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, let me do this and just bust your bubble and give your pastor the microphone. Amen. You know, truth is, there was nowhere Paul grouped the fivefold more than once. We built a whole lot on just one text. Ephesians 4, 11. He gives some apostles, Paul, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. That's the only place he put them together. There's no other scripture where Paul uses those words together. The closest will have been 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Firstly, apostles, secondary prophets, after that, teachers. That's the three that's similar in Ephesians 4, 11. We don't find any other groups like that where he lists all the five or four together. Nowhere. But we can always go to the beginning and see that in the beginning, humankind has the same focus, purpose, sorry, and the same office. Hallelujah. Amen. Learn something. Tomorrow morning, we'll open it up as much as we can. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you see the calling of God is not something that happens after you are saved. It's something that happened before you are saved. Salvation brings it to you. And we'll explore that. Let's turn to our feet and bless the Lord. Thank him. Give him praise tonight. He is faithful. Oh, give him praise. Thank him for the heavenly calling. Thank him. Thank him. For the glorious calling we have in Christ Jesus. Thank him. Oh, bless his name. Bless his name. Oh, thank you. And I pray for you that in this conference as we could proceed further, that your eyes will be open to see this. And from the beginning, you'll make the corrections. God has a purpose for your life. 
He has a purpose for your life. He has called you into a purpose. That purpose is from the foundation of the world. That purpose is from the foundation of the world. Salvation brings the reality to you. God doesn't react. He, he proacts. And he has no plan B. Don't forget. Your purpose is a supernatural one. It's not your skills, your talents. No. It precedes all of that. It's a supernatural representation. The natural world. And I trust God that your eyes will open to see it. So when you are in the local church, Yakal house, all the churches here, you will find out that what you're simply doing, college center, all you're doing is fulfilling what God has brought you to be a part of. That's what you're doing. So you leave the realm of thinking someone is making you do things difficult. No. You are in your very purpose. That's why you will suffer for the gospel and be excited. You know, the apostles, they were so glad that they were partakers of it. Because they knew that that inheritance had suffered. Hebrews 9 said, he, he God had suffered Jesus from the foundation of the world. Hebrews 9, 26. Why do you complain in church? Because there is no revelation knowledge. Why do you think it's uncomfortable? Why do we have to compel you to come for prayer meetings? Because you don't see it as why you are on earth. That is why you are on earth. Because the earth is his, it's not yours. He has made all things and for his pleasure. They are and were created. Can I sing that song? You are worthy. You are worthy, O oh Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you have created all things and for your pleasure they are and were created thou art worthy thou art worthy O oh Lord to receive glory honor for thou art created. Sing the song. 